Hey friends, and welcome to the Happy Hour with Jamie Ivy podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, and I'm super excited that you are here. Welcome to December. We made it. Every week on this show, the Happy Hour, I invite a girlfriend to join me, and we chat about the big things in life, the little things in life, and everything in between. Before we get to my guest, I want to tell you about a book that's being re-released. It's called Out of the Spin Cycle, and it's Devotions to Lighten Your Mother Load by Jen Hatmaker. Um, I read this book when it first came out several years ago, and I loved it. Now, Ravel has reissued this book this fall with a brand new cover. It's so perfect to give as a gift to another mom friend to encourage them. It's a terrific stocking stuffer for your sister who has so many kids. And of course, it's perfect as one of those books that you buy for yourself, you put on your nightstand, and you take a few minutes to read before bed. The chapters are short, but they're full of Jen's humor that we all love, as well as great encouragement and challenges for mom based on scripture. Following Jesus shouldn't just be one more thing on our to-do list. Jen helps us understand through 40 devotions that creating space and time for focusing on our relationship with God is as important as making sure our kids eat breakfast or we get them to school on time. Guys, being a mom is hard. Spending time with Jesus can be hard for us sometimes. Get this book as a way to help you with both of those things. You can find this book online at amazon.com or barnesandnoble.com. Guys, today you're listening to episode number 118, and my guest is Emily Lay. Emily is the founder and creative director of Emily Lay Paper and Gifts. She recently released her very first book called Grace Not Perfection in October. She's a wife and she's mom to three kids. Today on the show, we discuss what it looks like to take risk in running a business and in life. She shares how her business was slow to grow and how early on they developed some goals and guidelines that they were going to commit to stick to. Even when the business was booming, no matter what, they were going to stick to what they had already decided the business was going to look like. She shares a moment when she thought she just might quit. Plus, we discussed the perfect grilled cheese. If you want to send us a message about anything from the show, we'd love to hear from you. I'm at Jamie Ivy on Twitter, and Emily is at Emily Lay. I love hearing from listeners so much. Recently, uh, Rebecca Jocelyn said, when you have a new happy hour podcast waiting for you during a tough day at work, thank God for you, Jamie Ivy. Rebecca, I'm so glad that you could have that podcast when you had a hard day. And then Jill Shea said, Jamie, almost done listening to your chat with Becky Kaiser, which was last week, sweating hard and getting through my workout. Thank you, ladies. Um, I do listen to podcasts when I go on walks as well. I even tweeted Jill back and told her that today I was listening to a podcast called Smartest Person in the Room by Laura Tremaine. So check that out if you haven't. Guys, I loved seeing over the past week how you guys were sharing the happy hour with a friend. And I want you to continue to do that. All month of December, I'm giving away goodies. I might even have some goodies that aren't necessarily happy hour goodies. They're just things I have at my house that I want to give you. It's super easy to possibly win this. First of all, you need to tell a friend about a show, which I know you guys share this show already because we are getting so many new listeners every single week that are sending us messages on email, Facebook, Instagram, and they're saying, a friend told me about it and I've never listened to a podcast before and yours was the first one. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I always say I wish that I could hug every single one of you and tell you thank you. Last month in November, we had our highest month of downloads ever. We had over 500,000 downloads. And guys, I tell you that to tell you thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys that are listening are the reason for the show. So thank you. I could just like hug you through this microphone right now. So I want you to keep sharing. And I want you to show me when you share over Instagram, okay? Tell a friend. Show them how to listen to a podcast on their phone. And then somehow take a picture of you documenting that. Take a picture of you and your friend. Take a picture of you at the grocery store. Take a picture of whatever you want and tell me that you just told a friend about the show. And then I want you to use the hashtag sharing the happy hour. And you can tag me too so I can see it for sure. I'm at Jamie Ivy on Instagram. So keep doing that. I'll keep picking winners all through the month of December and I'll send you some goodies. Okay, guys, here is my conversation with Emily. Hey there. Hi, Emily. How are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I have a screaming toddler leaving the building at the minute, but she's a uh, man. It's always something. <laughs> I hear ya. Well, I have a crying dog, so I don't. I mean, yeah. It, I'd rather have a crying dog than a screaming toddler, but there's that. To- toddlerhood is really interesting when there's two of them. <laughs> oh, I can only imagine. Yes, my kids yeah. have been. I have four kids, and my some of my kids have been asking for a baby, which is it's it's medically impossible. It's like emotionally right. impossible, spiritually. Exactly. All, well, not I shouldn't say spiritually, but you know what I mean. Like all things, <laughs> everything's closed. Everything's done. 
Um, and then uh, yesterday, my son was like, well, what if we just got like a toddler? I was like, <laughs> what? That's even worse. I know, right? <laughs> Babies just lay there. Why do you want a, a screaming toddler? So that is so funny. Kind of funny. Wow. Kind of funny. Yeah. Well, um, yeah. welcome to the happy hour. Thank you for having me. Yay. I'm so excited. Yay. Okay. We're just going to jump in if that's okay with you. Yeah. Let's dive right in. Okay. So you, I, I'm really looking forward to talking to you for a number of reasons, but one of them is that one of my dear friends, Kim Ellis is a huge, um, I guess I can use the word fan if that's okay. It's a weird world. Oh word I know, right? <laughs> in our world you know what i mean but yeah um totally. she just loves your work she loves you she was reading your book when we were on the beach together i mean she just is a yeah. fan and so i'm like oh i can't wait to talk to this person that you love so oh give her a hug for me thank my you my friend kim thank you for coming on the happy hour as well Hi, kim. <laughs> <laughs> thank you kim is the best and she is okay so here's why i think she also is like really is feeling a connection to you because she is yeah. a young mom who yep. has three young kids, all under the age okay. four. And hey. in the past two years, she started a business. Oh, my goodness. So this is like wow. your life, you know? Yeah, it absolutely is. Okay. Well, I want, I want to talk to you about that because I have a lot of young mamas that listen. Um, and a lot of them are doing just phenomenal businesses like this as well. Um, but first, just introduce yourself for anyone that's listening that doesn't know who Emily is. Absolutely. Well, I am a wife of eight years and a mom to three kids under the age of six, which is uh, exciting. Exactly. <laughs> and, and wonderful all at the same time and all the all the ways. Um, my oldest, Brady, is five and a half. And actually, he's almost six now. Aww. And um, yeah, my twins, Tyler and Caroline, are going to be two in January. So it's a full house. Um, about Eight years ago, before my first son was born, I started a graphic design company doing anything I could get my hands on from wedding invitations to stationery. And I sold them all on Etsy and I saved up all my $5 sales and uh, eventually built the company that we have now. So um, we, uh, I'm the creator of the Simplified Planner and it's sold all over the world to tens of thousands of women every year. And um, I'm also a new author of the book, Grace, Not Perfection. Yes, that's what my friend Cam was reading on the beach, which yeah. is a beautiful book. Thank you so much. Which Thank you. I think that graphic designers can do nothing less than a beautiful book. Like you're like, you come <laughs> to the table with a lot of like, this has to look good, people. Okay. Yeah. This is my name on it. That part, of the process, that part of the process was actually really funny because it was scary, like turning over the visual part of it, because I've always been so in control of that with our own brand. Oh yeah. And, um, it was funny that when they first sent me the cover, um, I was like, no, 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 this isn't it. This is, no, I don't think this is right. And, um, they were like, no, like, trust us. You just have to see it in person. And then I it started to grow on me and I was like, okay, maybe. And then we put the calligraphy on it. At first it was just the pink and gold. Mm -hmm. And then we put the calligraphy on it and I was like, okay, I'm starting to feel it. And when I held that thing in person, I just sobbed. Oh. I was crying and like, I was so, so happy with it and so proud. And like turning over the reins was scary, but man, they nailed it. It just turned out so good. That is so amazing because I know that everyone, like I'm in the process, I'm behind you. I'm in the process of writing. I have a book due in a couple no of months. Kidding. So, <gasps> but I'm all, I love talking to people who have like just finished their first book and I love hearing yeah. which part of the process was hard. So tell me, you just said like releasing that control over the design was hard. Was that the hardest yeah. part? No. <laughs> well, the, the hard, the entire thing was like a totally new adventure to me because I obviously I've never done it before, but, um, it, but my, well, my bachelor's degree is in English writing. So I, I've been a writer my whole life. I've just never put in any, you know, anything into a book form. Mm -hmm. And, um, when we decided we were going to, I was going to write the book. I had eight weeks to do it, which oh my gosh. Yeah. Like it's, it's absolutely insane. That's um, insane. And I'm actually, at like hugs to you, new writer, because I am writing book two now. Um, <sighs> and it, I have eight weeks to do it again. So, um, that part was the hardest. It was that I had to get really, really focused really fast and find time amongst my crazy life with the planners and my business. I have seven remote employees and I have, you know, these three amazing children who were not, my twins were not yet one at the time. So yeah. finding the time, like, in my head at first, I was like, okay, I'm just going to write in the middle of the day. Like when I have my working hours, I'll uh -huh. work, I'll write. And that just didn't work. So when so, did you uh, write? 
So every night for eight weeks, like weekends and everything, every night I went to the Starbucks up the street and those people became my very close friends and actually mentioned them in the very end of the book. Um, because they reserved a little booth for me in the corner and they always had my coffee waiting for me. I'm not sure I ever paid for coffee. They just always gave, it was so sweet. They always, oh, that's they the were, best. I know. And I just went there every night after bedtime, um, put the kids down, went to Starbucks and I wrote for three hours every night until 10 o'clock when they closed. They did kick me out most nights. Yeah. And, um, and that's how I got it done. And looking back, like I'm pretty grateful that I had that hard deadline to work towards because I think I would have probably overanalyzed and just, you know, took my time and it might've become a longer drawn out thing, but I was really forced to sit down and get really real with myself about what my mission with the book was and Mm -hmm. what stories I wanted to tell and what I wanted to leave our readers with. So, um, it was really hard, but it worked out. And a supportive husband. Like I always feel like, um, you know, writing a book and being, and having these other roles, like for you, you're running a business. Um, you also have people that depend on you at your home. You have children and a husband. Like it takes, it's almost a team effort. Oh, completely. For you to be able to leave every single night. I mean, that's a lot. Right. I would drown without them. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. That's how I feel as well. (laughs) We, um, my husband and I right now are both in the process of writing books, which is hard. So he's under like a really hard deadline. Like you are like, I think he has like three weeks left. So literally for the past three weeks, he leaves on Sunday and comes back on Thursday because for him, he has yeah. to get away and spend like yeah. like 12 13 hours writing. Yeah, that makes, makes so my brain want to explode. Like mine too. Like I can't even like when I when I get closer to my deadline, I think I'll get away, but yeah. I can't write for that I did long. That one. Like that right. just hurts my brain. So I'm like you, I don't know if it's a thing, but like probably like four times a week I'll spend like 3 hours. Yeah. You know, and so that's what my I'm going okay. at right now and I have 13 weeks left though. Wow. We're, we're, Good for you. We're pushing it. Hey, that's that's wonderful. I'm excited to read your book. Well, I say, I think at the end of this, I'll say this might be the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah. Is putting, like, it's like just sitting down. Yeah, just sitting down and like letting every, all your emotions pour out and all kinds of things. So it's crazy. Oh, you know, I always say that I took myself to church in writing the book. I mean, <laughs> I, it was like, it was like therapy and church and, um, like a lot of tears were cried writing all of those yes. words. And I think a lot of healing for me happened through a lot of just hard stuff. And, um, but a lot of crazy. Things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It, I mean, I'm, I'm so proud of it and it's just still so surreal that it's like in people's hands. <laughs> I can't even imagine. I, I like sitting on the like other side where I'm still like a year out from that. I can't even imagine what that possibly feels like to actually see something yeah. that you wrote. Uh, right. it's just really, really crazy. I was writing the other day and it was like, um, I was writing something that was in my past and pretty emotional and I yeah. got done and I kind of, I felt like I had just kind of walked through some emotional stuff and I was like, you know yeah. what? I just, I have to make a grilled cheese. Like this is, I, I like this <laughs> emotional eating for like writing. Amazing. <laughs> oh, what a reward. A grilled yes, cheese is I was a like, I need a grilled cheese because this was just, this was hard work. That's fantastic. You know, this is completely off topic, but I feel like anyone, some, anytime someone mentions grilled cheese, I have to say this. I heard the other day that if you put a little bit of oil in the pan before you put the butter on the bread and put it down, uh-huh. that it helps it cook better and not burn. Uh, we so are some grilled cheese loving people in the Ivy house. So great. <laughs> I know. I know. And all my kids know how to make all these things. So that this is what That's you have to amazing. look forward to, Emily. Yes. <laughs> You have, to look, you have to look forward to this in just a few years. This will be your life too. That's um, great. Do you put anything else on a grilled cheese, like bacon, tomato, lettuce, or just cheese and bread? So I married a man who is my total opposite in very many ways. And he is like anti anything but the basics okay. when it comes to those things. So with grilled cheese, he's like, Mm-mm, we need butter, bread, and cheese. And that's, <laughs> that's all. No, I love like tomato or a fancy cheese. And he's like, give me the craft singles, please. That's so, hilarious. Nope. They say grilled cheese at our house. <laughs> you know, grilled cheese, I think it's this underrated food where people think it's like a kid's dish. <laughs> but you can go to some nice restaurants. And if they have grilled cheese on the menu, that's where you need to get it. Because it's going to be phenomenal. Totally agree. I totally agree. Now yes. I want grilled cheese. <laughs> I know, right? We're all going to have grilled cheese for lunch today. One of our supper right. clubs, uh, one time they did tomato soup and grilled cheese, which is like the perfect oh. meal. And it was so phenomenal. Oh, that's like my childhood right there. Right? I know. And it's getting colder, <laughs> maybe right. where people are, you know. 
Uh, I wish it was here. It's 85 here. Are you in Florida, Florida, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. Do you think, do you get cold at all? We do. I mean, it it gets chilly, but never to the point of um, actual need, actually needing a jacket. Okay. (laughs) That's nice because I hate jackets. So like, you know, I'm in, I'm in Austin and so it gets a little chilly, but we're good here. Right. We're good here. There you go. Um, okay, so your book is beautiful. I love it. But let's go Thank take you. me back to like 2008 when yeah. you are you married then? I was newly married. Newly yep. married. Um, I read that you were like an executive director of a ballet, <laughs> which I think I is. Was. Did you ever do dance or you just got a job working I there? I did. No, I was a dancer for years. Look and um, I got. I got a master's degree in nonprofit management and I lived in the small but wonderful town of Pensacola, Florida. Yes. And was looking for my big girl job. And um, I applied for the position of executive director of Ballet Pensacola, which looking back, I was 23. So this is pre 2008. I was, I was 23 at the time. And, um, and you already I just had your brave. master's? I did. Yeah. You were busting I went, I out the school, weren't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I just decided like, I'm just going to go for it. And they'll probably tell me, no, I'm too young and whatever. And I I interviewed and they were like, we love you. We want like someone that's new and young and just really energetic about things, um, to come in and revitalize this. And so I did. And I was, I was there for a little while and I, I absolutely loved it. It was, it was so much fun. It was so hard at the age of 23 to learn how to work with the board of directors and represent the ballet at, you know, in a rotary club where I was the only woman, um, <laughs> all kinds of things. It was, it was hard, but I, I learned how to do it. And I think it was an incredible experience. I left there and I moved to, well, I, I worked for a hospice in Pensacola, um, later doing fundraising for them and then moved to Pensacola and worked at the university of South Florida's women in leadership and philanthropy program. Okay. And, is a mouthful, but I was there and I, um, had just moved to Tampa and I was just feeling very out of place. And I was kind of in this, this season of life where it was like, let's decide what you want your life to look like. Um, you know, now's the time you don't have kids yet. We got married in 2008. And, um, I said, you know what, when I have children, I want to have flexibility like my mom had with us. And my mom, um, she was a teacher. She taught elementary school for almost 40 years. And I knew I didn't want to be a teacher. I was, I was not born with the thing that you need to be a teacher, but I, I wanted something that was flexible and made me feel like I was really contributing the way that the women in the program I ran were contributing to the community. And so I started teaching myself graphic design, watching YouTube videos, um, really just Googling all the questions, like Mm -hmm. how to do things. Um, my first, I did wedding invitations in the beginning and I did them on a Microsoft uh, Microsoft publisher on a PC, which mm-hmm. is like makes people itch. If That's they're hilarious. Design. Right. Yeah. And so uh, I remember learning, Oh, Adobe illustrator, that's what I need to be using. And so I, I, you know, taught myself how to do that. And we decided in the beginning that it was just going to be a side project. Like so you were still that was- running mm-hmm. the philanthropy, pro- the philanthropy job. Yes. Okay. Yeah. I was working there more than full time. And, um, in, I would stay up to the wee hours of the morning every single night. And I would just try to get this thing off the ground. And this was back when Etsy was brand new. Twitter was the thing. Like there was no Instagram. Mm -hmm. Um, this whole maker culture did not exist. So it was like a very novel idea that someone would create their own company. Um, I had a friend who was a photographer and I saw what she was doing and I was like, I could maybe do something like that. So I, um, my husband has been involved since the beginning, but he's, he has his own job (laughs) and, uh, we decided together that we were going to run a debt-free company and that would take a lot of the risk off of our family and just Mm -hmm. make it something that was really fun. And so it grew really slowly in the beginning, but little by little, it got bigger and bigger until in 2010, I was able to leave and pursue, um, it full time. And Two weeks later, I found out I was pregnant. Oh my gosh. <laughs> surprise. surprise. Actually, it wasn't a surprise. We had been trying for a long time and we went through a lot of infertility stuff. And um, yeah, I found out I was pregnant and I had already left uh, or I was leaving, I think, my full-time job and um, started to pursue it full-time. So I dove headfirst into the world of entrepreneurship and motherhood at the same time. Those are like two of the like b- biggest advent- like ventures you can take on in your lifetime, yeah. you know, and you stepped in yeah. at the same time. Um, 
If you don't know it, guys, I'm a Texas girl through and through. I've lived here most of my life. I was born here and I love traveling. Here's why I love traveling throughout Texas, because it has a vast landscape of cultures, regions, destinations, and activities, which means there's an infinite number of different travel experiences. And no two travelers are exactly alike, and it means that no two trips should be either. If you're a beach person, well, you can have fun under the sun with Texas's 350 miles of coastline. If you're more of a rugged vacation type, there are campgrounds, hiking trails, and state parks galore. And foodies cannot get enough of Texas's world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex. Enjoy live music, visit internationally recognized art museums, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. And now, Travel Texas offers a one-of-a-kind online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interest. Guys, come visit my state. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. That's TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn. So tell me about when you first started, like running your own company is just a a mouthful as it is. um, And you're learning and you're teaching yourself all of these things. Was there ever a time when you thought, I don't think that this is worth it. I'm just going to go back to working at at the university. (laughs) Yes. Um, Not in the beginning. In the beginning, I think I was just bright eyed. Let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do this. There wasn't a lot of risk because we weren't taking a lot of risk. We were we were running it debt-free. We were taking, you know, every $5 sale I made on Etsy, I would put my $5 together until I could afford, you know, a website mm-hmm. or afford product, whatever. And, um, th- that moment came in 2000, I guess it was 2011 or 12. No, it was, I guess it was 2011. Um, we sent our first, uh, production run to one of our manufacturers. Well, it was our first manufacturer at the time. And, um, it was $6,000 and $6,000 was like $600,000. Did you have $6,000 saved up from $5 sales at this time? Yeah, it, well, it was saved up from, I was doing a lot of different things then I was doing uh, branding work. I was doing anything I could get my hands on. So you're still debt free though. You're not putting this on credit. Okay. Right. No, we're on credit. Never. We Mm -hmm. we actually got three rounds into shark tank and decided not to do that either. Are you serious? That's Um, awesome. Yeah. Yeah, we just we we were excited about it at first because we've always had cash flow issues because of our debt freeness. Right. Um, but we just decided we didn't want to give up any equity, so yeah. <laughs> we didn't do it. But um, but no, the six thousand dollars I paid it to the manufacturer. I was brand new in production. I I didn't know all the things that I know like the back of my hand now. And um, I got the first order. It was delivered to our house. We were shipping from my home at that time. And the pallet was delivered. Um, we pushed it up the driveway into the garage. And I remember taking a box cutter and opening the first box, just so excited. And I wasn't scared. I get terrified now every time mm-hmm. I see our production run, even now, every time I see our first run. But um, at the time, I was just so excited. And I opened the box and I pulled out the first pieces and they were all wrong. <gasps> every single one. Wrong to the point of unsellable. So Because of you or because of them? Oh no, because of me. Um, I I didn't know that I should do pre-press sampling until it was absolutely perfect. I didn't know about Pantone Mm -hmm. matching. I didn't know about all the things I know now. And, um, $6,000 worth. Yeah. And like I I've taken, I've never not paid myself. Well, in the beginning I didn't pay myself for two years, Mm -hmm. but then when I went full time, I committed to my husband saying like, here's the amount of money that every month I'm going to pay myself. Yeah. And I've worked like crazy to make sure I always met that. And, um, I remember thinking I'm not going to be able to pay myself for the first time. Mm -hmm. I don't have anything to fall back on here. I'm just going to have to go and get a full-time job. And it was my husband who was like, these are the times that make or break you. Mm. You're either going to get up and dust yourself off and take a deep breath and move forward and figure out a way to make another $6,000 so that you can do another print run, or you're going to throw it all away and go back to your full-time job, which what's it going to be? And I was like, well, of course, I'm just going to keep moving forward. I'm going to just figure it out. So the figure it out mentality, like you messed up, keep going, um, has served us well. Now I will say I did learn from that experience. Um, never, especially as our numbers have gotten larger and larger, never make a risk that you can't survive. Mm. So when we have, you know, 
put planners into production and we're like tens of thousands of planners into production um, twice a year. I, we always look at the numbers and say, if, if, you know, the inventory catches on fire or if all of this goes right. away for whatever reason, will this business still survive? Mm-hmm. And the answer has to be yes, or we don't do it. And that is why for many years we sold out right away and we didn't, we weren't able to refulfill, like, um, get more inventory really quickly yeah. because we kept it debt free. We kept the risk minimal and it has served us so, so, so well to grow slowly that way. So are you still running a debt free business? We are. Yep. That's amazing. Yeah, it's it's crazy. And there were times where it was like, <laughs> this is next to impossible because I mean, it's not like we're printing tens of thousands of planners. It sounds amazing that we're, you know, we're selling all of them and hello, don't you just have tons of like money that you're the sitting cash on? Flow no. is hard. <laughs> the cash flow is crazy because yeah. you always have money tied up in inventory or tied up in production runs that take nine months yes. <laughs> to do. So, like even to be able to pay yourself sometimes is miraculous. Even when you're talking about lots and lots of sales. So the, the cash flow and getting on top of that has been our biggest challenge today. Mm-hmm. But we're, we're finally in a place like by the skin of our teeth, we're finally in a place where we're like catched up, we're caught up. Yeah. We're, we're up. Yeah. yeah. So it sounds like to me, like if you're talking to a, a woman who is either wanting to start her own business or is in the thick of it, you know, she's at that point yeah. where you were like, I'm either going to just dust myself off or I'm going to go get a full-time yeah. job. Um, what I'm hearing you say is that it, was a slow process for you. It was not yeah. this over and I mean, I think a lot of times people look at someone in the stage of success that they're in right now and go, yeah, how did she do that? That just, that was so quick. And you're like, yeah. Oh no, this is like 10 years in the making. You know, you're not yeah. seeing me in my room up till midnight learning how to use yeah. whatever process it is. So it sounds like you're saying it's right. slow. Oh, it's so slow. And I think, you know, looking back, had we had the success that we have now right out the gate, I would have missed so many face plants that Mm. just made me who I am. I mean, they gave me thicker skin. They taught me how to swim when it was a sink or swim situation. Um, there have been a lot of hard times, a lot, a lot of hard stuff. It's, it's it's hard. First of all, putting yourself out there, especially in the world that we live in now, everything's public. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that that's hard. And then risking with money is very hard, especially when you have a family to feed. Um, but you know what? I think we've always just had a very solid foundation of knowing who we are, what we're about, what our principles are, what um, standards we're going to hold ourselves to, and then what kind of risks we're willing to take. And by staying true to all of those things and not veering off the path, um, it's been okay. I think that's something that I've learned too in creating um, the show that I'm doing is that I, I, I like what you said when you like we had to figure out who we were, what we were going to do, what risks we were going to take and then stay true to those because what happens and you can tell me if this has happened to you, what happens is stuff comes along and it doesn't line up with that, but it looks yeah. really good. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, and then you have to think, OK, do I stay true to what I said mm-hmm. or, you right. know, because I always say make those make those commitments for me in the podcast world, make those commitments before you ha- you have, you know. 35,000 yeah. downloads, 85,000 down. Cause when you're right. getting that many downloads, then you're like, Oh, well maybe I'll just, I don't need those standards anymore. Well, yeah, it's so true. Yeah. You know, we, um, we got ourselves into a situation this year and last year and 2014, <laughs> um, where the business grew very quickly beginning in about about 2014 was the year that things took off at a pace that we couldn't keep up with. Mm-hmm. And it was wonderful because all of a sudden, all these opportunities came our way. And it was like, how do you, how do you like decipher what's the right path? And what, mm-hmm. I mean, what a great problem yeah, to have, right? right? Yeah. How do you, how do you decipher? And, um, I remember someone asking me back in, gosh, it might've been 2010 or 2009. Um, a friend of mine said, okay, in five years, what do you want to have? Do you want to have a company that is making a gazillion dollars a year and providing a massive paycheck for you? And you're working like crazy and you have a giant team and you, you know, own your own warehouse and you own your own printer and all this. Um, or would you rather have like the flexibility to be a room mom when Brady's in kindergarten and a decent paycheck Mm -hmm. and, you know, have a small team and work from home? And I remember not even blinking and saying, B, what? What do you yeah. mean? B, uh-huh. obviously. And over the last couple of years, it 
started to feel a little more like a, mm. um, minus the giant paycheck, yeah. <laughs> but it started to feel a little more like a, like things just got really big and we got to say really cool things. Like we're sold in 800 stores around the world. Mm-hmm. And that, um, it was late this year when the book was about to release. And I remember it just sitting there and thinking, how did we get here? Mm. Like, how did things get so big and so busy to the point to where I don't feel like I have room to breathe. And we had made some really hard decisions in the last couple of weeks. Um, no one knows this yet. We haven't really said it publicly. Um, we'll be making a larger announcement in January, but we are uh, closing the majority of our uh, wholesale program. Mm. And so we won't be able to say we're carried in 800 stores around the world anymore, even though it sounds great. Yeah. But what it's going to help us do is it's going to reconnect us back to that core of who are we? Mm-hmm. Like we're a small team of seven women in very different seasons of life who want to connect with women all around the world and help them live life better. Yeah. And to do that, we have to connect direct to them on a retail level. Mm. Um, and so we're going to kind of turn our focus inward. Uh, we're keeping our about five major retailers that we work with, but we are going to be able to focus a lot more on who we are. Mm-hmm. Like that decision we made a long time ago. Um, and so I say that to say we've messed up many times. We've not that that was a mess up. It was just a direction that once it got so big, it came down to me choosing, you know, a certain lifestyle. Yeah. Um, over profit, yeah. <laughs> over money uh-huh. and, um, and like being able to say all the cool things. And yeah. so don't worry, like if you mess up, if you end up in a place that looks a little different than what you had intended, you, you get to be in control. You get to decide if you are going to keep growing in a certain direction, um, or if you're not. And I think that could be said, whether you're in business for yourself or, you're, you know, a woman just living, trying to live life, trying to do a lot of things. There's always the opportunity to change your mind. I was just thinking that I was like, this is so good for running a business or creating something. But I was also thinking, wow, this is good for like December. (laughs) Like I've said yes to too many things. And now I feel, I feel kind of confined, but we, we had the final say we get to say, actually, no, I can't do that. And we're not coming to that Christmas party and da, 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 da. Oh, that's so good. People need to hear that, that they have control of their decisions. They do. And you know, how often do we find ourselves saying, oh, I'm just so busy. Mm -hmm. I'm so busy. Always like that. I'm just so busy. Everyone's busy. And we're all like, oh, okay. It's just the way life is, but it's not, it doesn't have to be like, we get to decide. And I think I just had that major realization in middle of the year this year where I thought we get to decide what we say yes or no to. And it's not too late to make a change. We can make a change and we can go a different direction if we know it's right for us. And yes, maybe that me- means that we lose the accolades or we lose money. I mean, it's a, it's a very large part of our company, but um, we're keeping our team intact and we're focusing in a new direction. And I'm, I'm honestly like, I'm so excited about it. Um, yeah, it's a new direction. It's really, it's really good. And, and you mentioned something um, when we were talking before about <clears throat> when you say or something that you said you're trying to do, and it goes along with what you just did with your company. But I think a lot, as women, we can think about this as our lives as well, is that learning mm-hmm. how to say no to the wrong things so that you can say yes to the awesome things. Absolutely. Um, and I think that you did that when your business, what you're just telling us, but um, we can do that in our life as well. Absolutely. And I think um, sometimes the hardest part is saying no to things that are good. Exactly. So things come our yes. way that are that are noble and wonderful and great opportunities and good for our families. It, it can become too much, even if it's good. Mm -hmm. Um, there is so much thing as too much of a good thing. So, um, I, in this season of life for myself, I am just choosing more time to breathe and a little more white space in my life to feel creative. Um, and so, yeah, I'm excited about it. That's so good. And I think even like, I'm, you know, thinking about my kids, I have four kids and the oldest is almost 13. And so for Aaron and I, a lot of our decisions now are, we're looking at our family saying, okay, we have a 13 year old, you know, we only have these many more years until, you know, I could cry, but until he's gone. And then we just have every two years, you know, we have more kids leaving. And so for us, we're looking at every decision. And you know what? We said yes. This is crazy. I always see like young moms. I'm like, I said yes to way more when I had little kids. I don't know if I felt like I needed to like get out or I needed a break or something. But now that all my kids are in school, I say no to almost everything during the week that doesn't involve them. Yeah. Right. Because I just don't get to see them that, you know, they're at school all day. 
and yeah, you know, and, or that. if you're like a working mom that works outside the home, um, then you also feel the same way. So it's crazy yeah. how we have to look at our lives and kind of pick what we need to do. And I think this is such a good time of year to be having this conversation too, because it's, it's, it's the end of the year, right? 2016 is drawing to a close, 2017 is upon us. And it's time to like take inventory a little bit and look at life and, and think about the ways that we want to live next year. So it's do you good do to that? look at. Do you look back on the year oh, and kind of see yeah. like personally and business? I do. I try to take a week. Uh, either in December or like that week between Christmas and New Year's is always a good time. Uh My kids are out of school now, so that might be a little more difficult. But um, at a certain point, I love to sit down. Um, I often do it with my husband and we just talk about what worked last year, Mm -hmm. um, what didn't work, you know, what kind of changes we can make. I'm not like a big, very specific goal setter when it comes to the new year. I don't really set resolutions, but I like to set um, kind of overarching goals about the focus we want to have. So, you know, if we want to be more unplugged this year or if we want to focus on our health better, mm-hmm. um, we'll kind of set the we'll talk about those things and set them and then um, try to put some action steps into place to make them happen. That's awesome. I've seen people I mean, we'll start seeing all kinds of things on social media and Pinterest these days about end of the year goal setting and, you know, new year mm-hmm. and stuff. But one of my favorites, obviously, I've never done it because I, I can't handle these things like this, but is they'll have do it with their kids as well. And they'll write down what their goals are for the next year. And then they kind of oh. put them away and pull them out. You know what? The the place I saw it was they put them in their stockings oh, when wow. they were hanging, putting up Christmas gifts, putting up their yeah. Christmas stuff. They put their little list in their stockings. And so when the next year comes around and they get their stockings out and their Christmas decorations, they can see what did the year look like for me. And I always think. Wow. I mean, here, I always think I never do. I'm like, that's such a great idea. Maybe we maybe, yeah. maybe we should do that this year. Who knows? That's a great idea. I know. I love that. I know. You know, that's yeah, I love that. I think it's so fun to be able to look back and say, um, you know, we did it or we need to change direction or it's good to have those gut check moments. I agree. I agree. Okay, guys, before we get back to finishing my talk with Emily, I want to thank another one of our sponsor, and that is Lily Jade. Lily Jade is a bag company. I have a bag from them. I love it. It is a mom-created company, which just makes me happy. Basically, a mom, her name is Megan, she had this problem when she had her oldest daughter, and she found herself at loss at what kind of diaper bag to have. There were so many unstylish, impractical ones. They were pretty, but they were so expensive, and they just weren't functional. Or they were super affordable, but they just broke on her all the time. Or they were ugly. So in her frustration, she created her own diaper bag. And she created Lily Jade. Lily Jade bags are made of 100% premium leather. You can literally smell it the minute you open the box. Many of their styles also convert to backpacks. Which isn't that every mom's dream. Because you have your hands free and you still have a bag. Every Lily Jade bag comes with a removable, washable, multi-pocket insert. Means if you've ever had a bottle spill in your bag know why this is important that you can wash it also you put all that insert stuff in there you can literally take it out and hand it to the babysitter the grandma the daycare or if you're like me and you have zero need for a diaper bag i use it for a computer bag so lily jade you can check them out on the website lily-jade.com um speaking of december it's the first week of december you know here we are do you guys have any like family traditions that you do for christmas we do. We have a couple actually. Well, and they've hear. changed. Yeah, they've changed over the years as we've added to the family and as, um, well, as we became parents, obviously those changed a lot. But we live about eight hours away from my family. Um, they live in Pensacola and we live in Tampa. And um, so every year now they come down and visit us and they come for about a week around Christmas time. And, um, one of my favorite traditions is we go out to a fancy dinner just once, like Uh right before Christmas. And it's a really fun time where we just really enjoy each other. And, um, we used to go to the Grand Marlin in Pensacola, which was one of our favorite restaurants. But this year we're taking everybody out to dinner, um, in Tampa. And then on Christmas Eve, we have a snack dinner. So everybody brings something and we have just lots of little appetizers. We've really, um, the last couple of years, we've done Chick-fil-A nuggets, <laughs> like the, the big trays. Yes. They're so easy. And, um, we always read the night before Christmas, uh-huh. right before bedtime on Christmas Eve. And my dad has the funniest sense of humor. And so 
we all go around and we read a page and inevitably my dad changes all the words to make it really funny. Hilarious. That's a lot of fun. He's done it since I was a kid. And on Christmas morning, we get up at the crack of dawn Uh or before. Because you have little kids. Exactly. And um, we open presents and then we have a scavenger hunt for like your big present. So everybody gets one. Yeah, we have the little presents under the tree and then everyone has a big, a big present. Um, Well, the kids do. And we have a scavenger hunt. So you get your first clue at the Christmas tree and then you have to go find um, the next clues. And I remember doing it with my brother when I was an itty bitty kid and Brady's just at the age now where he can do it. And it's, it's, um, it's a lot of fun. So you did that so when we, you were growing up. I did. Oh, yeah. Fun. Yeah. It's so much fun. And then on new year's, my favorite tradition is that on new year's Eve, Ryan and I, of course, used to pre-children, we would go out and we would get all dressed up and it was so fun. And now we're like, we're not driving, we're not going anywhere, <laughs> exactly, we'll be on the yeah. road. <laughs> so we, um, we stay here and we have friends over and, um, we have an ice cream Sunday bar. And so we set up a little ice cream Sunday bar and Brady loves it. Make Sunday. I'm sure. And then as we watch the ball drop on TV, we take construction paper and we cut confetti like the whole time that we're um, watching it. And then when the ball drops, we throw the confetti and Brady thinks that it is the best thing ever. Oh, it I is bet. so much fun. <laughs> oh, that is the best. It's really, it's really fun. It's really fun. So yeah, we do that on New Year's. I love your traditions. You have so many. Oh, thanks. You know, my favorite part is that over the, over the last couple of years, they've become even more low key, mm-hmm. like less pressure, really low key, very flexible and really easy to execute. Yeah. Um, and so it's just fun. Like the holidays can be so stressful with so much going on. And it's so nice after, um, after all the gifts are wrapped and everybody's, everybody's done to kind of do a few fun things as a family. It's great. I love that you mentioned that they're just getting simpler and simpler because that is yeah. uh, your book that just came out in October. It is grace, not perfection, embracing sim- yeah. simplicity and celebrating joy. Where did the need for writing that come from? Well, when my son was born in 2011, I found myself completely overwhelmed, like absolutely hitting a wall um, in terms of trying to manage life as a mom and a business owner uh, who was still trying to get things off the ground. And I remember just pacing circles around my house and I had Brady on one hip and a laptop on the other. And (laughs) (laughs) I was like in tears because Brady was hungry. I had a a branding client who needed my attention. And um, I remember thinking, Every single woman I know is doing life really well. Mm. She has. It's the lie that we all hear. It's the lie. Like, but I had eaten it. Like I swallowed it. I believed it. Every woman had perfect hair. She weighed her college weight. Like she was cooking homemade dinners every night on the table at six o'clock. And I like couldn't even brush my teeth in the morning. It was just, I was so stressed to the max. And I remember just thinking, like, is this life? Is this Mm. it? Because this is terrible. And I loved, I I had such a deep love for this new baby that we had wanted for so long. And I had such a deep love for my business. And I, at the same time of thinking all these things, like, why can't I do both? Why can't Mm. I have, why can't I have the life that I want? Why do I just feel so spread so thin? And I remember talking to a friend on the phone, my friend, Laura Casey, and I said, I am so done. Like, I'm so done doing this. Mm -hmm. I'm done trying to live such a perfect life and trying to maintain this image to portray to everyone. Like I have it all together because they don't. Right. I am going to hold myself to a standard of grace. That's all that matters. It's just living life gracefully and loving my people and being joyful and happy. And this perfection thing is terrible. And I, we coined that grace, not perfection phrase. And we, um, it meant so much to me, like in my heart of hearts that I wanted to just kind of shout it from the mountaintops. And so we started making, we made like mugs with it and Uh t-shirts and we just started putting it out there and it spread like wildfire. And, um, it became the backbone of our company. It's a little, uh, hidden message in the back cover of our simplified planners that I don't even know if anyone knows is there. Mm -hmm. And, um, in 2000, well, I guess it was last year, actually. Um, we had worked really hard early last year to really focus our company's mission and, and put it out there that like, we're not just a planner company. We're never going to be just a planner company. We always want to be a company that inspires and equips women. And, um, I got an email from HarperCollins Christian Publishing and this amazing woman who's become a dear friend said to me, 
the mission that you're putting out there, the message you're spreading about grace, not perfection is beautiful Mm. in like, in like a soulful, really soulful way. And we would love to help you bring that to life in a book. And I was sitting in the preschool parking lot and I started sobbing and I called my mom and I was like, you're never going to believe this. And I had to like clean up my tears really fast before I went in to get Brady. But I like, I dove in with, with both feet. Like I could not have been more excited Mm. to put my love for writing to work and also to just bring this message to life in a new format. And, um, yeah, the, one of my favorite parts about the whole process was that they so understood what I was trying to say. I ended up with an editor who really helped me read the book, open it up to women in all seasons of life and not just women who are where I am. Mm -hmm. Um, the, my favorite messages I get are from college girls who are reading it that are like, this just resonates with me so much. Or moms who are grandmothers now, whose kids have left the nest. Um, even women who have no kids. I mean, it's just so cool to see how it resonates with so many different women. Um, and then we, we made the book into something that wasn't just theory and story. It's a, it's called a gift book. Like that's the category. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause inside it, it has lots of photos and, um, it's like a workbook almost. It has places where you can thank you, Mm -hmm. like answer questions and checklists and all kinds of stuff that just really gets you to interact with the message throughout it. And, um, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't be more proud of it. Well, that's, I mean, I think just listening to the description and hearing my friend Kim talk about it, I'm like, I can't get wait to get my hands on it either. And it sounds just like something, um, that will resonate with women. And I was listening when you were talking, it may remind me, I was listening to a podcast the other day with, um, Rob Lowe, which is kind of crazy that this is what stuck with me. Um, but he said one of his, the advice that he gave his son when he went to college was don't compare your insides to other people's outsides. Oh my goodness. That's Isn't that good. good? Yes. And yeah, so his point was just what you just said is that as women, we look around and we think everyone has it together. I'm falling apart yeah. on the inside and everyone else is together right. when really we don't see what's on their inside right. and we're all falling apart. I mean, you know, like everyone's, yeah. everyone's broken, everyone's needy, everyone's all of these things. Um, mm-hmm. but everyone's just trying to be put together on the outside. And I love that you came to that realization that I'm going to show myself grace, not perfection. Because even like as a business owner, especially graphic designer, you guys are perfectionists, you know, like, oh, yeah, that's like, yeah, that's your livelihood, you know, is perfection. Yeah. Um, and so just being able to give yourself the grace and say, you know what, I'm not going to I'm not going to live up to what I think everyone else is doing. Yeah. There's so much freedom in that. Like, oh, yes, like so much freedom from my soul. Mm. When I told myself I'm over it, I'm just going to be me. Like, I remember even uh, I've been very inspired by my friend Laura Casey lately mm-hmm. because she has this fiery red hair that she always straightened and then curled perfectly. And lately it's actually spirally curly. And she has, um, like started wearing her hair naturally and it's beautiful. And she's like, very beautiful. Yes. This is who I am. Why have I been fighting my hair for so many years? And I'm like, this is how I feel on the inside. Why have I been fighting who I actually am to try to fit into this mold of the perfect mom, the perfect wife, the perfect designer, like that, I'm so tired. I'm just tired of it. Yeah. You know, it's not fun. It's not fun anymore. So there's so much fun to be had when you just allow yourself to kind of step into who you are yeah. and wear your imperfections. Like they're just a good old sweater. You and know, they're actually not even imperfections. Right. You know, like I, exactly. I think when I, quirk. yes, I saw yes. her getting the guy come to do her hair and all that kind of stuff. And her hair is yes, just beautiful. Yes. And I, I haven't, yeah. And so I didn't even know that she was doing anything different because I haven't known her for that long. Um, yeah. But I thought to myself when she was doing it, I was like, isn't it crazy that her embracing her hair is going to give women other yeah. freedom to embrace things? Isn't that amazing? It's like, amazing. Things that, that are even deeper than hair. Exactly. And I think exactly. I love her to death. I think that it, her like outer transformation is definitely representative of an inner transformation she's gone to as well, gone through as well. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's like our, our age that we're, I'm 33. Am I 33? Yeah, I'm 33. Um, <laughs> I think that it's like a coming of age thing, or if it's, you know, being in a certain place in life, or if it's just this tidal wave change that we're seeing in society where more women are starting to feel this way and live this way because we're tired of the Pinterest perfect image. We're, I think we you're right about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that I we think are still struggling as much, but we're talking about yeah. it a lot more. Absolutely. If that makes sense. You know, yeah. Abs- it absolutely does. It absolutely does. 
Yeah, like for me right now, a struggle for me is I I should stop reading books while I'm writing because I read stuff and I just think, I don't know why I'm writing a book. This is the dumbest thing I've ever done in my entire life because this oh, yeah. person that I'm reading is amazing. Yeah. I need to oh, throw in the towel. Book. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is dumb. <laughs> and But that, that's totally a lie that I'm believing that's not yeah. true, you know, so. It absolutely, yeah, it's it's totally a lie. And I think what's beautiful about it is that we all have our own unique things we bring to the table based on our experiences, based on who we are, based on what we love, our traditions, our families. And that is so beautiful. We just put it all out there, you know? Yep. Yep. It it opens up the doors for other people to go, wow, me too. I'm okay with this now. It's just, it's freedom. There's freedom. And I moved to Tampa. I remember thinking, I'm never going to have best friends again. I'm never going to have friends that are like me, that understand me, that love me and support me in the ways my old best friends by, you know, back in Pensacola mm-hmm. did. And I didn't for the first maybe two years. I remember, you know, being introduced to Brian's friends, wives or girlfriends at the time and feeling like I'm never going to connect with these people. And it wasn't until I started embracing who I really was and being mm-hmm. imperfect in front of people, just being myself, that I made lifelong friendships, yeah. like friendships that bless me in ways that I, I could have never imagined. I could have never hoped for. Uh, um, Laura is a great example of that. Laura yeah. and I are best friends and I, I never thought I'd have a friend like her. Yeah. Um, back when I was trying to live up to something else. Uh, cause it's, it's exhausting is what it is because we can't keep up. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Uh, okay. Absolutely. Well, I could talk about that for days, but we only have so much time. <laughs> uh, but I do want to ask you, um, what you're reading these days. Are you a reader? I am. I've actually become an audiobook person the past oh, couple yeah. of weeks. Yeah. Um, I listen to an, a lot of audible books, especially when I have to do road trips with three kids. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been listening to a lot of fiction books lately. I've kind of gotten into that a little bit. Um, and I've also, I'm in the middle of, it's taking me a long time to get through it because I have to put stuff into practice as I read. But The Life-Giving Home by uh, Sarah and Sally Clarkson is oh, so yeah good. It is so good. I've been reading that. Um, oh goodness. I read present, uh, present over perfect yes. from Shauna Nequest. Uh-huh. Beautiful, beautiful book for the love from Jen Hatmaker. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah. I've been reading lot wild and free from, uh, those, those amazing girls. Uh huh. Yeah. Lots of different books, but, um, lately I've kind of gotten into some fiction stuff and it's been nice, a nice, just departure. It gives my brain a little bit of a break, especially I'm with you. I cannot read while I'm writing. Yeah. So preparing for the next edition, the next, uh, the next one, next book. I think so, I need to switch over to fiction and quit, quit reading. Yeah. Nonfiction while I'm writing. I think I didn't read me out a lot. Writing. Yeah. I couldn't, Jen Hatmaker's book, um, for the love came out while I was writing grace, not perfection. And I remember thinking like, I love her and uh-huh. I totally wanted to read it, but I was like, this will your, be your treat at the end when you're done. That's you, good. You can read That's so good. Are you writing <laughs> the same great. way this time? Three hours at Starbucks every night? Um, I signed the contract yesterday. So I am like in, I need to go and sit and read the outline that I wrote. Um, and actually like get my brain together, but more than likely I will do it that way again. It worked the first time it was, um, it was a nice quiet getaway. My kids weren't impacted. Um, it was good. So probably. Okay. Yeah. What are three things you're loving right now? Oh goodness. Three things that I'm loving right now. Um, Brian and I have been watching the profit on TV. Oh, I don't know <laughs> this. Oh, it's so good. It's Marcus Lomonas is his name. And he, his, uh, TV show is called the profit. I can't remember what, what station it comes on. Um, but he goes and he, uh, buys equity into businesses and it's kind of like shark tank in that he goes in and he buys part of the company, but he gets 100% control. So he helps these oh. small businesses um, get out of tough times. Uh-huh. And we like take notes. We learn all kinds of things from watching it. So that's awesome. Uh, yeah, that's lots of fun. We've been doing that. What else am I loving? I am loving um, Scarlet and Gold. You know them? Yes, They're I really... follow them on Instagram. Yes, Megan, uh, the owner is a dear friend of mine. And I love their new um, I love their t shirts. They're so soft. They have great messages. And we're actually doing a partnership with them that's going to oh. be coming up really soon. Their strong woman collection. Um, we're doing a t-shirt with them that says imperfect. And it's actually, it's so cute. Oh, um, I've never bought anything from them, but I follow them. Yeah. Their, their shirts are so great and they're such great quality. Another great t-shirt company is walk in love. I love their t-shirts. They I've heard of them. T-shirts. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. One last thing. What else am I loving? Oh my goodness. 
I am loving um, naps. I'm <sighs> loving naps. Are you like a napper? on Sundays. Not really. Okay. It's hard for me to nap. Yeah. But but on, lately on Sundays, like when my twins will get on for a nap, I'll get Brady and our he calls it the big bed. I'll uh-huh. get him in the big bed and we'll like snuggle up and take a little nap. And it's just so nice to give yourself the freedom to take a nap. <laughs> right. <laughs> like the dishes can wait. Everything can wait Sundays uh, in the afternoons. It's so nice to just go and take a little nap. It is a great so. nap. I am um, not a big napper either, but I am the queen yeah. of like my kids get off the bus around like 3.15. Yeah. So I'll work, 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 work. And I'll be like, oh, it's three o'clock. And then I'll lay down for like 12 minutes. It's the best. It's the, the best, best thing ever. That's the best kind of nap right there. And what a beautiful like way to give yourself some grace, allowing right? yourself some time to rest. I mean, why don't we do that more? <laughs> I think I saw an article one time that naps are actually really healthy for you. And yeah. one of the, okay, if I butcher this, I'm so sorry, but I, I really think I read this, that one of the presidents, and I don't know who it was, obviously, I'm not a very good, um, keeping my facts straight, but he would nap every day and he would put his no hands way. on his chest. And then as his hand would fall to the floor, that's when he knew that it was like, that was his nap. Wow. I know. That's amazing. Right? So it was just like this I mean, little. the president can do it. Yeah, exactly. But that's how important it was. And I've heard that it's actually good for our bodies to get a little nap in every day. I can imagine because you give yourself a little quiet time to turn your brain off a little. Yeah. Which for some of us, that's I mean, great. like I have a hard time turning my brain off. So. Oh my gosh, me too. That's yeah. why books are so good for me because it just gives me a chance to like escape from it all and turn yeah. it off. Otherwise, I love to work so much. My brain will just keep going and going and coming up with ideas. <laughs> Oh, I know. I know. I'm sure that my um, assistant, Amanda, who's like a dear friend, but I just like I keep having to remind myself that I can't just text her whenever I want during the day to like right. come up with these ideas that I think we should do because she right. is actually a mom. And, you know, this is not her, you know, whatever. I just need to <laughs> quit texting her at 11 o'clock at night to tell her what I think we, we do should be doing. We do the same things on my team. It's funny. Yeah, we have a big yeah. group text. <laughs> yes. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to bed. I'll email this because uh-huh. this is an email thing, not a text. But anyhow. Great. Uh, <laughs> well, Emily, it has been a joy to have you on the happy hour. Thank you. I'm so grateful. It's been so much fun talking to you. So much fun. I love hearing about you taking your business slow and embracing imperfection and grace. And oh, it was just it was just the best. So thank you so much for thank joining you. us. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. And good luck writing that second book. Thank you. Good luck to you. And you're in the home stretch. Good luck. Okay, we'll see. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Okay, friends, wasn't that a fun conversation with Emily? I honestly did not know that much about her besides her online business, the book that she just wrote, uh, and her planners. And I loved our conversation. I feel as though I could have chatted with her for hours at a cute little boutique type restaurant where we were having brunch and drinking coffee for like three hours. And we look up and we realize we've been sitting there for three hours. I hope you loved her as well. She was so kind and down to earth, so smart in her business practices. You can really tell where the heart of her business is when she said we're actually pulling out of 800 retail stores to get back to the customer. And I just thought, man, she is the real deal. So I love chatting with her. Today's show was edited by Logan Garza. And the music, it sounds different than you're used to hearing. You're used to hearing from my friend Jason Poe, whose song is on here. But every December, I like to bring in a little Christmas music. And so today's music is from a worship album from the Austin Stone um, worship team called A Day of Glory, which you can get it on iTunes. I'm a super big fan of them. Uh, Next week, my guest is Ginger Ravella. And guys, make sure that you listen to this one. I only cried twice when we were talking and I literally had to keep myself from the ugly cry as I listened to her share her story because I was trying to be professional. She's been through a lot. She's come out on the other side and she has so much to say about God never leaving us, never abandoning us, and never not loving us even when we feel as though our life is over and the worst thing possible that you can imagine um, has happened to you. She was a phenomenal guest. I loved her so much. And then the week after Ginger is my new friend, Kanisha Bikes. And I also adore chatting with her about motherhood and decorating um, and finding our place. So two great shows coming up for you to listen to. Guys, enjoy your week. Have a happy hour with a friend and post on Instagram when you share the show and you could win some goodies from the happy hour. I'll see you guys next week. 